What smells like shoe polish? Be quiet. We have a promo to do. I'm Jeff Ferry, and this is my hetero podcast mate, Chris Durkach. We are the hosts of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We break down the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob one minute at a time, starting with Clerks. I have a hockey game at 12. Chris, please. So if you've ever worked a dead-end job behind the counter discussing Star Wars while slinging coffee, nudie mags, and cigarettes... Cancer merchant! Cancer merchant! Settle down! Or if you ever leaned outside a convenience store, secretly hated all your customers, or closed your place of business to attend a funeral, you should join us at Jay and Silent Bob Minute on DuelingGenre.com as we discuss the milkmaids, berserkers, and the significance of the number 37. In a row? Come for the clerks and stay for the rest of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute fun. Right, Chris? I'm not even supposed to be here today. I think the interior of Hagrid's hut changes a few times over the course of the movies. It feels bigger in this in this one than it did last year. Oh. Kinda? I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's because they're just sitting in a different place. Pure blood. I like the way he like rolls his head. Okay. Art thou ready? <laughs> Art thou ready? Bye. We'll be done. <laughs> On the internet as it is in person. <laughs> we, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. that's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one slug-filled minute at a time. Yuck. Yuck. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And today we're talking about Minute 47, which starts with Ron spitting up another slug. And it ends with Codswallop. 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 So, we start, basically, with Hagrid asking, like, who... Well, first, I think he does say, as we said yesterday, that... You just gotta wait for it to stop. Basically. Yes, ugh. Unfortunately. It sucks. How long does this take? Minutes? Hours? Oh, God. Days? Maybe, no, I'm just... Oh, God. Probably not days. Probably not days. Maybe At that point, like you an, the... Maybe like an hour or two? That's awful. Could you imagine throwing up slugs for an hour? No, I wouldn't want to. No, never. Ever, ever. This doesn't get to me as much as, like, Fluffy's drool did. I don't know why. I think just viscerally it's just different. Just thick and gross. And Actually, it is it is pretty gross still. The sound. Just the sound that Ron makes as he like throws the slugs up is so nasty. Ugh. So then he asks who, who Ron was trying to curse. And Harry says Malfoy. He says Malfoy called her something. I, I don't know what it means. Already, we're departing from what the book does. Yeah. We know from some behind-the-scenes stuff that that Steve Kloves' favorite character is Hermione, and so he tends to, like, give her preference in sequences sometimes. Like, he'll give her dialogue that belonged to someone else. Mm. All of Ron's dialogue is split between Hermione and Hagrid in this minute. Uh, this is all How would Ron. Ron be talking if he's throwing up slugs? He's talking in between. So, oh, that would be difficult, I think. 
Yeah. I think um, it's more realistic, I think, if he's not really talking about all this. I think... I understand that, but I think it's more important that because Ron is willing to kind of step forward and and do something, you know? Um, Harry says in the book, Malfoy called Hermione something. It must have been really mad because everyone went wild. It was bad, Ron said hoarsely. Malfoy called her a mudblood, Hagrid. Ron died out of sight again as a fresh wave of slugs. Ooh, a wave of slugs made their appearance. And then we get the same, he didn't, like he says in here. Like, it's not even like, it doesn't feel as... Again, this reaction does not feel, I think, as emotive as it should be. Because mm-hmm. it's foul, and like, they know it. Ron says, uh, no, Hermione says he did, but I don't know what it means. I could tell it was rude, of course. And Harry sa- uh, Ron says, it's about the most insulting thing he could think of. And then we get all this stuff that she says. M- uh, Mudblood's a really foul name for someone who's muggle-born, you know, non-magic parents. And then we cut, of course, to Hagrid, but this is still Ron in the book. Some wizards, like the Malfoys, who think, they, uh, who think they're better than everyone else because they're what people call pure blood. He gave a small burp and a single slug fell into his outstretched hand. Ew. And then he continues, which we don't get. I mean, the rest of us know it doesn't make any difference at all. Look at Neville Longbottom. He's pure blood and he could he could hardly hand a cauldron up the right way. And then Hagrid says, and there's not a spell that our Hermione couldn't do. I like Ron. Ron comes from this world. It's not surprising to me that Hermione wouldn't know what this means. Yeah, because she's not, she wasn't raised in it. She wasn't raised in it. Um, I don't think any of the first years had used that kind of language. It's, it, you know, an atrocity, right? When, when, when Malfoy says it, and it's, it's something that I don't think anyone else but Malfoy would be willing to go so far as to, to like, to use, to it. use it. Because yeah. he's the only one we know of in the school who's really, really proud of his pure blood status. Yeah. Because this book, over and over again, we've been introduced to all these characters who are not pure blood, who come from muggle families or come from half-blood families, mm-hmm. like introducing themselves to Harry, a lot of these new characters are making a big point that, like, pure blood is not common. Yeah. That's why there's so few. Like, out of all the families, there's only, like, what, 28 families? Yep, there's, the tw- like, the 28 big families that are, like, the the quote-unquote, like, pure blood family lines that mm-hmm. go back for a long time. And, like, not all the Death Eaters are on that list, and not all of the people on that list are bad, like the Pruitts and the, and the, the Weasleys. So it's a whole different thing. I don't know. So in the movie, we have Hermione delivering this line. Kind of telling the audience, because Ron is spitting up slugs. And I don't know. We didn't really talk about it yesterday, but here we go. Right? Like, mudblood is a really foul term for someone with non-magic parents. Um... I think if Hermione had understood that because she comes from like, do you think that she knew when she got to Hogwarts that because that she was going to be at a disadvantage because she comes from a muggle? Fa- no, no, I don't think so. That she comes from a muggle family, like that she's unusual or that she's like an outsider. Like there are other muggle-borns at the school. There are plenty of half-bloods at the school. The first thing we hear from Seamus Finnegan is his mom's a, which and his dad's a muggle. Yeah. 
I think that if that was something that had been a little more firmly established before she got to school the first time, then I think I would accept her like the as much as the way she pushes herself, the way that she like strives to kind of prove herself. I think comes from more of an insecurity than from like a general desire for knowledge. Like I think is what her, which is what Hermione I believe has. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a different sort of aspiration. Hagrid says something though. Today. He says it tomorrow, but I want to talk about it now because tomorrow we have fun stuff. Hagrid says there isn't a wizard alive today who isn't half blood or less. Which I think is a really dramatic statement. Like, what about these pureblood families? Right, there is pureblood families. Are but I mean, wh- okay, but but where does that come from? Like, who is the first? Wi- there's got there was a first wizard. Yeah, were wizards there before Muggles? Were are Muggles a result of wizards being born squibs, and then that became more common? Or, like, were there humans and then some of them discovered magical ability? That we don't have. Are squibs still carrying the recessive gene for, like, magical ability? They get married. I think so. Years down, generations later, it re-expresses. So muggle-borns are really the result of squibs who left the magical community. And it's reawakening in their DNA. They're coming back. That seems like that could work, yeah. So then I think that in that case, then, yeah, like, in all these lines, you're going to have places where, like, people are, were once. I think half-blood or less is an extreme. Mm-hmm. Because really, like, if Draco has non-magic blood in his veins, it's probably, like, far enough back in their lineage I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure where the last Malfoy muggle, like half blood family split would be. I want to see this family tree, this black family tree, like in full with all the pure blood families tying together and see where those branches are burnt. I bet you all those burnt off branches are from like muggle relationships and stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Blood traders and all that. It's crazy. It's so crazy. I don't know. It's not. Mm, I don't like Hagrid's number here. I like this minute. It's really heavy, but I like how delicate uh, Hagrid is with Hermione. Hermione says, you know, she explains to Harry what a mudblood is. And it's personal for her because... Presumably, she's been called this before. Like, it, this, the movie makes it seem like this isn't the first time that she's experienced this. Yeah. Which I guess would work more if she had grown up more in the mud. Like, it doesn't work, right? Like, who at Hogwarts was calling her a mudblood last year? Yeah. They would, uh, Or did she, like, mention it? Read it in something. I make sense that she would have read it somewhere, since she would have done so much research about everything there needs to know about the wizarding world before yeah but i don't putting herself in there are there books on like magical society on like slang terms on there's gonna have to be a market for that where Maybe. people who are like muggle born 
don't know and they need some kind of guide. I feel like if that it's doesn't exist, history there's of magic a market class. for that. I don't think the history of magic class would deal with something like that, though. No. That's that's the thing. It's I feel like I feel like magical community. I feel like magical texts are more interested in like the history of something than the um, what's that class? Not anthropology, but sociology. The sociology of it. I don't think there's like an equivalent, a wizard equivalent of like sociology. Okay. Where like you can learn about like. <laughs> like wizard rights movements and things. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know that that would be something that would necessarily be of interest or of importance in the magical. It doesn't feel like that's something of importance in the magical community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe there were magical civil rights movements at some point for some reason or another. I don't know. Hermione seems to be the crusade of stuff like that with yeah. spew and things. Yeah. Like, I don't think that I think, and that's what it is. It's it's Hermione taking ideas from outside of the magical community and bringing them into it, mm-hmm. kind of modernizing the magical community with the Muggle one. I think it's good that she becomes the Minister of Magic. Spoilers for Cursed Child, right? I can imagine like what she would have accomplished. Yeah, she would probably do so much for like bridging more of those gaps. Also, can I get a little snapshot of the sequence where she has to introduce herself to? The Muggle Prime Minister. <laughs> That'd be fun. I think Muggleborns as ministry officials is probably really important for the growth of the ministry, actually. And, like, the furthering of... Really smart. <laughs> social ideas. It's good planning. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Give more Muggleborns higher positions. Do you, do you think that, do you think that, like, are, are Muggleborns at a disadvantage in the workplace? <laughs> like, right? does, well, like does I mean, this like... translate does this does Malfoy's prejudice translate outward like because we do as John pointed out yeah. see that as evidence with Arthur Weasley and his job yeah because he is not the right person to be in charge of something charge he doesn't that, understand yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know so it seems like it could be a problem so maybe, maybe, maybe this t- term is used a little more loosely than, than just Malfoy. Right. But then I, I think that that's not, I, I don't know. Here's, it's just, we're just butting up against book versus movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it does get this response in the book. This yeah. appropriate, st- astounded response. Like, and she oh my God. hasn't heard yeah. it before. Yeah. Right? Whereas this one, it's more tame and she has, people aren't reacting to it. And so she's hearing it more. I think that the directly will. I think that just the differences between these two sequences, between the book and the movie, shows the like importance of that activism on the parts of the Gryffindors, like stepping up to. Yeah. Like, you're not going to have change. It's not going to stop being a thing unless people address the fact that it is a thing mm-hmm. and that it shouldn't be. But I, I don't know. I just I, when I was taking my notes and I was watching this, Emma Watson's really good in this minute. Oh, poor Rupert Grant looks so sick. I know. In this. His face is so good. <laughs> Every time they show his face. We keep face, cutting back to him like, oh. as he like curls up slugs. His face is just so gray. Look mm-hmm. Like hugging on to that bucket. It's like after a night of partying and he's just <laughs> so hungover and gross. <laughs> just pasty and gray and he's spitting up these slugs. He's got the slime and it's horrifying. So when Hagrid, when Hagrid delivers this line, 
<laughs> there's some there's some wizards who feel like they're better than others because they're what they're called pure blood. He like does this thing with his head, <laughs> pure blood, pure blood, that I think is really silly because it's just so like it's so mocking and condescending of the idea of like a pure blooded wizard, like oh yeah. pure bloods, yeah, which I kind of like. Harry responds, of course, that's horrible, and then Ron spits up a slug and goes, disgusting. Like the the slug or, or the term? Both, <laughs> both, both, <laughs> both, definitely. Yes. Uh, and then we get that last little bit where he says, "And it's codswallop to boot." Codswallop. Codswallop is a good word. It's it's a weird word. It's a Hagrid word. It it's a word. I've heard bef- it elsewhere. No, but yeah, I'm like it's a word. Bef- the only character that. that I can think of that uses it regularly enough that I put it in my notes is Hagrid. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I don't know. I feel like Codswallop is a uh, is a is like a beer drinker's insult. You think so? No, it is. The ent- oh, okay. The, the entomology of the word uh, Codswallop is harkens back to this guy whose last name was Cod who created like some kind of soda. Um, and so people started drinking this soda and he's the one that created like this particular shape of a bottle and all this other stuff. What? And so beer, beer drinkers use cod swallow as an insult because the fact that it was t- making people not drink beer and drink soda or this type of drink that this guy made. Wow. I didn't know this. Yeah. That's incredible. And of course, Hag- of course, Hagrid would use it. He's like a local at the... At the, the at the bar, like, going down to see Madame Rose Murda, going to see Tom at, at the Leaky Cauldron, like, we have your regular, t- or your usual, like... Usual. Like, he's, he's Norm. Big, Norm. big tankard of, of ale. Yeah. I'm sure. They come in pints? So that's the that's the weird pint is like nothing for Hagrid. The the closest thing to find of entomology for the word like codswallop is is harking back to this guy. Who that's amazing. This drink. That's amazing. Because beer was seen as a as a meal like that was a thing. That yeah. Was, like, everyone drank drank beer. Like. Well, it was also a lot. They were a lot. It was a lot heavier. Yeah. Um, it means you get a good like IPA or something. It's still gonna be really heavy, but it's a different sort of weight. It's like bread. Like yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. Because there's yeast in it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the it fact that like you, so the fact that you wouldn't drink like beer and you would choose to drink this other drink. It's codswallop. It's codswallop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Look at you. Yeah. That's great. I feel like we should. <laughs> my, my weird bit of useless information. You're fine. <laughs> uh, I feel like this minute deserves more, but I just don't really have a lot to say. I know, like, I don't want to, like, step on yeah, sensitive things, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's in the UK, so I don't know, I don't know what racial relations are in the UK for in what the they would be way. using yeah. as, like, um... An equivalent. As an equivalent. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, you're right, because, like, yeah, the, the, you know, we're, of course, being American, going to look at this in, through our... Our history, our, our jaded, yeah, our racial issues, yeah, uh, and but it's not the same things. thing. This is the UK. Well, it's I mean, I think that regardless not, of where you different. are, I think regardless of where you are, like racial discrimination is always atrocious, and it, it and I think it always it's worse in other places than others. That's like, fair. 
Uh, I think it's worse here than it would be in the UK, but that's just, I have nothing to base yeah, that on other exactly. than the fact that like it just it would seem so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure what what that's like, and you know it it changes over time because we definitely know that like in early America, not even that early, but like in relatively early industrial America, you had a, we had a lot of issues with like Italian and and, and Irish racism that's just kind of kind of evaporated now right right that that regional racism where like even even um like ricky's mother was welsh and like there's people who would pick on welshmen yeah even though they're just like in a different region of great britain it's just like regional racism well and i don't even want to like weird. like push uh toward you in any way but like i definitely know that like toward the hispanic culture and mexican culture especially now oh, with like yeah, the whole wall yeah. thing like that's, oh god it's stupid and terrible but like i that's something that i didn't really experience i grew up let me tell you i think this has come up on the show before i grew up in like a very white southern town the the, the problem that i get is that i look different than i sound yeah and so if i don't say anything and i'm like witnessing you, something mm-hmm. I kind of get looped in, like, like if I stick up for somebody or if I even say like anything, it's immediately, it's almost like a predictability thing. Mm. So because I know how I look and what I am, if I get into some kind of altercation, like it's so predictable that everyone goes to like the same few few keywords, awful, and that's like, oh, let me call you a a beaner, let me call you a wetback because I see that you're Mexican, let me call you a because i see that you're a female yeah let me call you like a fat bitch because i see that you're like a little on the thicker that you're on yeah. the thicker side it's like those key words mm-hmm. it's just like you're so uncreative really shit. like it's really crappy that like that's so easy for you to do that mm. and people like just can't even help it but lash out and yeah. like that's the way they lash out yeah and it's and it sucks. Like I've had it happen to me like numerous amounts of times, but it, to the point where like, and and again, it's like almost with the whole women's movement. You mm-hmm. end up like used to it, which sucks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've been on buses and I've like gotten arguments with someone on a bus just because some guy's picking on another guy because he doesn't want to talk to him. Yeah. And he's like barely can speak English and can not even understand what you're saying. But yet you're saying, like, um... Really horrible things. Really, really horrible things. I don't even want to repeat they're so horrible. Yeah. And I say something, and, like, the first thing is, like, oh, look at this, blah, 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 uh-huh. you know, same keywords, those same yeah. keywords. Yeah. And the bus driver was just like, get off my bus. Like, not me, but the other yeah. guy. And it's... I always have, like, the same callback. It's always... And unfortunately, it always ends up being, like, an older white man. Mm. Who, who does these things mm. um a We're lot the worst. Are, are the worst is always the ones that i come into contact with that end up being that way yeah and the, really the funny thing is is that i always have like my same comeback and it's just like especially when they call me like those mexican derogatory terms mm-hmm. like be- beaner or whatever yeah i look at them and i'm just like for one like i like to be funny and say i don't even like beans <laughs> like i don't even like beans i don't eat beans sorry and two i probably speak better english than you do because again if you hear me talk yeah i do not sound hispanic no and i know this i have i've had people who've only heard me talk mm-hmm. and then they see me in person they're like oh you're mexican <laughs> it's just like 
Yeah. Yeah, I am. Oh, and now with my last name being Cope, it's just Cope. like, that's just it. Yeah. That's just, oh, you're a white girl. I'm like, I'm no. not a white girl. Nope. No, I will correct you. I am Mexican. I'm mostly Mexican. Yeah. But, eh, no, I guess just the way I sound. I sound like a, I don't even sound like a California white girl, though. No. Which is, I just sound like my own thing. I don't See, know. See, that's what, that's what, so, like, it's why it's so hard for me, like, I mean, not hard for, shut up. That's not what I meant. White privilege. That's not what I meant. <laughs> no, but, like, the thing is, like, I can see it, like, from the other side of the fence, it's really, it's really difficult because, like, I grew up, I did grow up in a very, very white, very southern, like, town. It wasn't until I was in high school that I lived anywhere where, like, my classes weren't 90-something percent white. Yeah. See, I moved to San Antonio and it was t- totally different. I moved to San Antonio and it was, like, 11% white, the high school I went to. And I was yeah. like, this is a very oh, different... Yeah. And, you know, you... you Especially at that age, like, I was the, you know, I was, I don't, I think my mom recognized that, like, her parents and, like, my, my stepdad's parents were, like, backward, like, ass backwards racism. Like, it was, like, just not, not a good, not a good situation. Like, very toxic. We kind of avoided a lot of those um, discussions. And then moving here, like, for me, like, it's so easy to be, like, you know, my best, most of my, most of my closest friends are, like, not white people. Like, it's yeah. just because people are people, it doesn't matter the skin tone or your upbringing. No, it like, there's all, we all have the same sort people of. People are people. Yeah. And so, there are even times when, like, I think this is why I'm disappointed that they cut this bit of the Gryffindor standing up for, for Hermione yesterday. Was that, like sometimes now even now because it's such an ingrained things like this become so ingrained in society and so like indoctrinated that like sometimes my mom will say something and i'm like you shouldn't say that like mom that is real like you have to you i think it's the responsibility it is our responsibility to yeah and to educate those who are using these derogatory terms or who have these backwards ideas it is our responsibility to like bring that to light and be like hey this is wrong. I mean, l- luckily... It's hard when it's, like, someone on a bus. But, like, when it's a family member or a friend, oh, like, yeah. you should educate. Like, luckily, like, we have never hung out and you've never witnessed anything happen to me. No. Like, thankfully. Uh, Ricky has, unfortunately, a couple of times. Because Ricky's been with me for, like, almost 15 years now. Yeah. So, like, it's it's a thing. And my family is... A work in progress. Yeah. Um, my mom's Same. gotten a lot better. When when I was younger, she was definitely not as nice yeah. as she's been now. And she's gotten to the point where she's like super, super accepting, like I like of, of more things. Yeah. Um like with my family being predominantly Hispanic, there is like subsections of like predominantly more uh, Caucasian looking family members, but they still have that Hispanic blood in them. I even have, I have a cousin that's like Chinese and Mexican. I have one that's Greek and Mexican. It's always these mixtures. Um, I told my mom from like early on, I'm all like, you can expect me to get with a white guy. And I'm like, I already know, like, I don't know why, but like, that's just my type. And I did, I've I've dated other races before, but of course that doesn't surprise me that I ended up marrying uh, a white guy just because I just, I just had a feeling. And we've, I've had cousins that have dated other races. Like, right now, I have a cousin who is uh, pregnant, and she's pregnant by a guy who's, who's in the Marines, and he's a black guy. Yeah. And that's cool. Like, who cares? Like, I think it's cool that he's in the Marines. I'm like, hey, that's cool. Uh, her little brother, who's only uh, a freshman in high school, 
who's this is a different era to me like the younger generation should know better yeah has already said snide comments about like oh i wish she was pregnant by someone who was her own race yeah, and I'm just like you're that's like so 15. Ignorant. You would think it's it's and that's the thing. Why? Is like, like, it's definitely what? like it's definitely like an indoctrination sort of thing that happens. It's like kids pick up these things that they see from their the their surroundings, their parents, their families, whatever, and like it's just infecting that society, right? Uh, and the, you know, it takes a lot. Like I when one of my exes. And I got together when we first got together and we started dating. I told my mom that I was like, I was seeing this girl. And my little sister was like, oh, like what? My my little sister asked, what is she? Oh, gosh. First of all, I was like, uh, oh, she's a girl. Um, like uh, a girl? My mom's like a, a response. Human? My mom's response was white. And I was like, no, she's not. Like, why are you jumping to that? Like, yeah. that's, uh, you know, and it just takes that thing. Like, I've had many, many conversations with my mom just about different progressive kind of civil issues mm-hmm. like hey like you're living in a backwards era like the fact that you see that this as a problem is your problem it's not yeah. the society like these every people are people like you yeah. gotta just accept that there are differences like there's I mean, no reason to like that even works with different that does work and like almost in this way with the different classes like you hear yeah. people who are like of money yes. dating someone who is who is poor you mm-hmm. know quote unquote or what they would see like middle class or poor well there's like different status stuff too whatever right like and get upset there are over girls that. there are girls that i've talked to that i've had crushes on that i felt like oh like i'm just working some minimum wage job and you like have stuff together like i don't feel like i'm worthy yeah yeah and that's and that's silly that's not that's not a yeah. thing that's, that's not a thing but it's just how i don't know i don't know it's weird like it's just it's m- m- cultural it's all the, a lot appro- of stigmas yes it's just ingrained it's like inherent in in a way it's just, it's just in, yeah it's, it's like pulling up weeds mm-hmm. that's the thing is like whenever now you know now that like i've grown up and i i'm i feel like i'm more conscious and more aware of those things um in my family like i've had many conversations with my mom and i think my mom is like turning around on a lot of things and like i think that i think that each generation has a habit of getting kind of more progressive more accepting hopefully i mean there's definitely like we take steps backwards sometimes but i think in general it it gets better right i mean people like to believe so I, I like to believe so, I'm, but I'm an optimist. You are. You are you are to a fault, I think, sometimes. <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I'm the cynic. So I think we, I balance, think we balance each other, each other out. Well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's so why we're here. It, it it works out really well. Um I mean I am glad I am not out in that dating scene mm. and like having to deal with this because it just seems like way too complicated. Yeah. Uh nowadays than it used to be. Um, oh lady. It's right. I'm, I'm just like, I'm okay with being with Like, this... I've been off the market for 15 years, so right. I don't have to worry about it. No, exactly. I'm okay with just being with this guy that knows me, and, like, I don't have to, like, worry about anything. There's nothing. There's no surprises. No nothing. Yeah. Like, it is just... I just found out that his his family is a bunch of spazzes, and that's fine. That's like, fine. That happens. That's fine. His family's not very big. They're all spazzes. Mm. I, I still enjoy them. And he's in my family, and we've got all of our problems. Yeah. So it's like, it's fine. It's a, it's a good balance. And I like to think that my family is progressive, but unfortunately there is like, not these always. pockets. People falter. They do. There's these little pockets over here and there. Like I remember my mom using a lot of different words when I was younger. 
Yeah. That are not good words. And she doesn't really use them anymore, thank goodness. Like, even my, my, my cousin even came to my mom and was all like, hey, like, I'm going to have a sex change operation. And my wow. mom, like, took that, like, really well. And my mom was just like, oh, like, it's okay. Like, I still yeah. love you. And I was like, good for you, That's mom. Because like, awesome. I don't know if you would have been that way, like, Back in the so day. many years ago. Sure. You know what I mean? So I'm like, good for you, mom. And I'm like, good for my cousin. Because, like, uh, her mom did wasn't okay with it. And her mom is uh, the youngest of my mom's siblings. Yeah. So you would think, again, would be the most progressive because she's the youngest. But no. It's well, not always how it works. It's not always how it works, of course. Yeah, it's like we. I bat head. I butt heads with that. My cousin, um, Bobby. She's the parent to my cousin that's pregnant, and maybe that's where her little brother got it from. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised because again, I butt heads with my cousin because she's a, a Trump supporter, mm. and not to get political, but I'm not surprised. Surprise. No. And so Harry I, but I does not endorse this president. No, no, well, not at all. No. And so me and her butt heads a lot about that kind of stuff and it's just like well yeah like i just like i kind of have to just not talk to my family about it a lot of the time it's it's terrible like my mom is very much like against my mom's all of my fonts facebook posts are is either like half cute animal videos of cats and dogs and animals and all kinds of cuteness and then the other half are like anti-trump things that's funny i'm like mom you're hilarious yeah it's weird because like my mom see and i think i think maybe I think maybe it takes like living in a more progressive place. I think it depends on who you're surrounding yourself with, right? That's tr- I mean, that, that, so like I, I would think that's true. My mom was very staunch Republican growing up, and like I think that when the last election happened, she didn't she didn't vote Trump. Like I think I think she like wasted her vote and wrote in her own name or something silly, but like just wasn't interested in anything that he's got to say. Yeah, and it's just like interesting because that's something that like. As it took a lot of conversations as the election season was happening and like a lot of I mean we didn't have to get into politics but um it's just I that think unfortunately thing. racism kind of like spins out of that. has has spun out of all of this mm-hmm. political stuff mm-hmm. um for the first time in a long time it's went backwards that's what it feels like I think so and for me being like a Hispanic person I'm like yeah. oh definitely like I'm I get worried because I'm seeing like like I don't want I don't want to be stereotypical, but I see like these white older gentlemen who are on the trolley and are very vocal mm-hmm. about about things, and hey. they'll look turn around and look at someone and like all of a sudden want to drag you into something that you have nothing a part of. Like I'm I mean, a stranger. Why are you talking to me? I think I think that generation is like defensive. I think that very they, defensive. I think that there's a point now that like society is moving forward and they're stuck and and they feel like we're these progressive movements are like an attack. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like, like we're not attacking you, know, you. That new that new uh that new book, the the Fire and Fury or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh hit the New York bestseller list in like a day. And so, of course, we're a bookstore. We might be genre fiction, but it's selling. We brought a few copies in. And immediately, we had, like, a couple of people that are customers. People I thought were, like, cool people. Emailing the store or, like, coming in and being like, like, oh, I can't believe you guys have this. Blah, blah, blah. Garbage and fake news and blah. And we're just like, get oh, out of my Oh, that stupid face. phrase. Like, my, 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 the phrase, my favorite phrase is fake news and snowflake. 
Oh God! Like, yeah, you can call me a snowflake all you want. We're unique. I Thank you very much. A v- I got into a very intense argument with my uncle about like fake news, like oh, God. not that long ago, and I was just like, like I thought you were better than this. It's 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 sad when the people you care about, whether they be friends or family, yeah. disappoint you mm-hmm. because you have these high opinions of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're done this minute. Yeah, I, I, this is the, m- the most political I think we've gotten. I think this is the most political we'll ever get. I think this is what, I mean, honestly, like, this <clears throat> conversation is the reason that I didn't want to have a third person on this week. Because, like, I it just... complicate things. I just, yeah, I, I, we're not a political show. I don't want to get into really heavy, but, like, I definitely think that it's important to point out that, like... This is a horrible thing. This is a horrible thing that she has to go through. And this is something that she will go through for the rest of her life. Regardless of whether she has... Yeah, she can't change the fact that she's like... Let me tell you. She's muggle-born. Imagine what it was like when she became Minister of Magic. She might be the best friend to Harry Potter. She might be a hero of the Battle of Hogwarts. But she's still a muggle-born. And I'm sure that a lot of these pure blood families that are still out there. How dare you? Yeah. Very anti this. I I don't know. I don't know, but she might very well be the first muggle-born minister of magic. Do you think she's the first muggle-born even female minister of magic? I mean, that's, I don't even, I I don't know if there have been other female ministers. Like, I like to think that, like, the, the magical community is at least more progressive when it comes to, like, gender roles and whether, like, a, you know, a female would be mean, just as good as a male, that type of thing. But, but do we see evidence of that? I don't know. I mean, the, like, it's okay having a headmistress that's in charge of a school. Yeah, but I think that that was a... It, that's a and weird, it wasn't it was just a weird, that, like, but it was, like... of the torch thing that happened for <clears> her. And it, but it was also, like, for um, Bo Batten's is run... It's a completely, like, like women's school. And run by a woman. Um, Bo sure Batten's is a giantess. completely women's school in France. the movies. Uh, there are male and female members in the book. You're right. Oh, and the the beautiful men. Yes. Yep. 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 Uh, is then is Durmstrang an all boys school or is that also? I think that's the same thing. There is like Durmstrang female. Eldritch, Albert, Basil, Hephaestus, Maximilian, Porteus. Uncturus. Okay, no, here we go. Here's the first one. Uh, the 11th Minister of Magic, Artemisia Lufkin. In- eight, that's uh, an interesting name. 1798 uh, to 1811 was the first Minister of Magic, female Minister of Magic. There you go. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. She established the Department of International Magical Cooperation and lobbied successfully to have a Quidditch World Cup held in Britain every term. Yeah. Or during her term. During sorry. the term. Josephina. Josephina Flint. Hey, wow. whoa. Hey, what? that's cool. Oh, yeah. And we talked about Adeline. We talked about Adeline Gamble. Um, she's the one who discovered or she's the one who came with the idea of having the Hogwarts Express get students to school. So there have been there have been. But I don't know. We don't see a lot of females in positions of power in Harry Potter. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. That's rough. That is rough. I feel for Hermione. I I think that this is important. I think we've talked about this a bit before, but like, I think it's so important that these kids book deal with issues like these because, because it teaches kids reading to be more accepting and to be aware of these sorts of things, even if it is like subtextual. Well, yeah, even if it is kind of subtextual, 
this, this mudblood interaction, this whole thing with Malfoy and it's, well, I guess it is central to the plot. Literally, this book is about racism. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. Like, we're going to find out when we see the blood on the wall in a couple weeks. It's, like, it's, it's a lot of... We're um, targeting. Yeah, it's a lot of feelings towards other demographics. Yeah. All around. is the, It's the difference between, like, squibs and non-squibs. Uh-huh. Mudbloods. Like, you have, like, the house elf stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just all kinds of, like... I And I think it's important to tell stories like this. Oh, yeah. In a way that children can understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's good stuff. I think that's everything I have for today, though. Mm. Mm. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for a very heavy minute of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, of course, with Minute 48. You can find us on Facebook at Harry Potter Minute or Harry Potter Minute in the Listener's Army. Uh, Twitter at HP Minute. Uh, Reach out to us. We love hearing from you. Uh, you can email us. I don't ever throw our email out because people don't really email us. But you can email us if you want to at contact at hpminute.com. And uh, come back tomorrow for minute 48 of Harry Potter. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed.